Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Angel visitation of the last days, and we will do the last in that series starting here this morning. We have talked and talked in depth about the angelic force. We've talked about how it is that God honors those, and, and, and there seems to be an order in which things have to happen. And I go back to talk about Daniel. Daniel would have been eaten by those uh, lions 
if it hadn't been the fact that he stood before God with all innocency in his heart. In other words, he was right in, 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 in his heart, in other words, sinless, uh, so he could stand before God. In other words, he was walking upright before God. And, and the key that, we, you know, that we, we tried to give you was two things. One, you've got to get the sin out of your life. Two, you've got to understand, don't provoke the angel when he shows up, all right? In other words, you just listen, do what you're told to do. They're not interested in small talk. They're not interested in, in talking about whether they have shoes or they don't have shoes. You're not going to get anything like that out of them. And, and uh, you might as well just understand that. They're messengers. They come to tell you what God has sent them to tell you. And that's, that's their job. And no more, no less. That's all that they're sent to do is to deliver you a message. Now, the messages in which God is going to be delivering unto us in this last day is going to be very formidable as to our lives and the lives of our families and the loved ones and the people around. So we don't want to miss, we don't want to miss what God's getting ready to do. Now, I want to talk, I want to start out this morning about talking about there were only four angels throughout the scriptures that have been named, all right? And, and this is important because I have people all the time wanting to know, well, what's the name of your angels? You know, like, yeah, let's just see if they, let's see just what they've got a name as being. Well, as I told you, uh, uh, I asked one time and I was told that that was of no interest to me at all. And it's the only time I asked, been years ago, I've never asked again. It wasn't, it wasn't pertinent to the, to the information that was being brought. Now, do they have names? Well, I, I would assume they do have because these four have. But the fact of it is, again, they're not sent here to be discussing about their names, all right? They're sent here to deliver you a message. And that is their, that is, in other words, that is their command. That's their detail. That's what, that's what their service is. And, and again, small talk isn't going to get you anywhere with them. Now, and I've had people say, oh, we sit around and talk about, you know. I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. You may be talking to something, but it's not one of the angels. Because they just, can I put it this way? Maybe this is good lingo for you. They're just not interested in putting up with any of your crap. How's that? Is that down where we all can understand that? Okay. And and they're just not going to do that. They're not going to tolerate that. All they're going to do is do what they've come to do, and then they're going to leave. All right? And if you provoke them, well, then, then you've got another problem. The four angels we know as Michael. That's, that's the great warring angel. And then we have Gabriel. Of course, Lucifer. And we know about him because of what did he do? Well, he messed up, didn't he? And he was the most beautiful of all the angels that God ever created. And then there's Abaddon, which is the keeper of the pit, is, ministered, uh, is mentioned. So we have those four, those four that are mentioned. And, folks, I have had people through the years come up and give me names of angels and their angel, and I'm just standing there going. But now, I'm not going to tell you that, 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 that maybe that the angel won't say, well, I am, the, you know, in the Bible, well, I am the angel Gabriel. Well, that's fine. If they want to announce to you their name, that's great. But the odds of that happening are zero, okay? So, again, but I've had people come up, and, and, and some of the names were like, Names that you think were outer space names, okay? I mean, I, I don't remember, for instance, what those names were, but I'm going to tell you one thing. They were names that, uh, I've got to rehook this a little bit here. They were names that were, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If I had an angel, I wouldn't want my angel to have some of those names, okay? But so, you've got to be careful about that. But you know, uh, again, there is a great big difference about having a visitation from an angel and having a a thought in your mind that you've got an angel standing there and you think you're talking to him, okay? Let's turn to Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, the first chapter, and we're going to begin here this morning, and we're going to, as I believe, from, from my part, is probably the most exciting portion uh, of this teaching because uh, this is going to give you some information, some things to take home and to ponder and to think about. Hebrews 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in past times unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, we know that, right? In sundry times, in various times that God spoke, okay, uh, unto the fathers. By who? By the prophets. Only by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, 
whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels. So he's been above the angels, all right? As he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, you know, one time I, I, I did a piece of ministry on this, and do you realize that that name, that name of Yeshua, is a more excellent name than any of the angels, of Michael, or of, of, of Gabriel. It was a more excellent name than, than any name that there, that there was. And, of course, we, we hear as we read in Matthew and, and Luke about the word Emmanuel, God with us. And we also begin to realize that the excellency of that name and the power that's within that name. It's, un, it's unbelievable. One time I was... I was sitting in my room, and I was I was young. I, I hadn't yet got into the ministry, and 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 I was meditating, and the angel came, and 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 I was meditating about the power of the name of, of Yeshua, Jesus, and the angel said to me, he said, "Speak His name." Now, back in that day, the name was Jesus. All right, and and and, and let me clear something up here for those of you that may not understand. I think most of you in this room do, do understand. God will and does answer to the name of Jesus. All right. Now there is no J in the Hebrew alphabet, so that would be literally an impossibility. But as I've been telling people for years, if you if you thought that His name was truly, and I'm, this is going to sound a bit funny, but if you truly thought that His name was was Joe, then bless God, he would answer to that, all right, if you thought in your heart, okay, because he is in our heart. The kingdom is here. So so anyway, um, so I spoke and I said, Jesus, and when I spoke the name Jesus, it came out of my mouth and I could literally see the name. It came out of my and it went back and it hit the wall on the other side of the room and it divided. And a Jesus went this way, a Jesus went that way. It come back and it hit the wall up here, and it divided again. And before, in about 30 to 60 seconds, maybe maybe it was a minute, the room was literally full of the name of Jesus. And, and, and the angel spoke to me and said to me, Never forget what happens when you speak his name. And I've never forgotten... The, 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 what happens in the supernatural or the spirit world by simply saying His name. It begins to do what? It began, It drove all everything out of the room uh, except His name. All the darkness would live except His name. So, I, so when, the, when the angel came and instructed me and, and, and taught me that, I began to realize that Probably, maybe not for the first time, but I begin to realize that there's definitely another world out here. There's definitely something far beyond what you and I are looking at here today that truly does operate the world. The spirit world operates this world. And, you know, we, 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 we think it's all backwards. I think I did a bit of a study here at one of the stations we had talking about that Everything that happens first has to take place over into the supernatural world, and then it begins to transfer itself over, and it becomes, and we react, reenact it in the physical world. All right, and, and of course I went through some scriptures. Now it says five, uh, verse five: For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten unto the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. So all the angels worship, worship the son. And the angels, and of the angels, he saith, Who maketh the angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. 
But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness and the scepter of, of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Now notice, and again, folks, you've got to understand that. He loves righteousness. He hates sin. And, you, and if he hates sin and you have sin in you, then guess what? You're in trouble. See, he loves righteousness. God will go the extra mile every time for people that walk in righteousness. But it's the people that bless God. He said, I hate, he said, he hates iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. In other words, there's nobody ever going to be anointed like him. And thou, Lord, in the, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands, they shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail, will be forever. But to which of the angels saith he at any time, sit on the right hand, until I make thee thine enemies thy footstool? Well, he hadn't said that to enemies. Fourteen is important. Are they not all ministering spirits, meaning the angels, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, this is important, so grab on to it. The angels are only set for the heirs of salvation. That's all that, that's, that's all that they're set to minister to. So all these angels are there for us, the redeemed. They're there for us. Nobody else, nobody else but us. They are there, and they are ours. All right? The second chapter, Therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So in other words, we, we, need, we, need, to, we need to really pay attention. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, now notice that, it was steadfast, meaning every word they spoke was from the throne room and it was right, Never transgression, disobedience received a just risk, uh, recompense of reward. Now, we studied, uh, hopefully that you understand, that the angels not only will bring uh, uh, correction to you, uh, direction to you, but they also will bring, uh, bless God, uh, uh, judgment to you. For, for what? For what? But that will be your reward if, in fact, you're going to walk in sin. Third verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also, bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Now, I love that. Bringing them what? Witness, both with signs and wonders, with divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in suggestion, subjection the world to come, thereof we speak. Now, I want, you to, I want you to grasp onto this thing here, that he hasn't put them into the same subjection to what? And the same subjection to, as to what we're put into, the, the, the temptations that we're given to. Now, we know that a third of the angelic force, God, along with Lucifer, booted out of heaven. All right, we know that. And they did that because why? Because Satan, Lucifer, tried to exalt his throne. In other words, he, because he was so beautiful that he decided that he would exalt his throne above the throne of the Most High God. And that just wasn't going to happen. In other words, he wanted to be God. He said, oh, here I am walking back and forth, and here I am. I'm, you know, oh. I'm God's most beautiful angel. I think I'll take over. Don't you boys agree? And about what? One-third of them said they agreed, or one-third of them was real stupid, right? And so they got the... Now, we're, we're going to uh, go back over here now and, and begin to, to look at some of this other stuff because what, what's important here is to realize that the battle that goes on is in the heavenlies. The, uh, the supernatural world... You're always trying to work out your salvation first with, with the way that you live. But everything that you do, every prayer that you pray, 
the angelic force has to come into operation in your life and deliver that. And and see, I don't. Most people think you just pray a prayer and and, and it goes to heaven and bless God. Then God just zappoli switches the switch up, throw the breaker, and all of a sudden it all happens. No, it it doesn't work that way. When you pray to the Father through the Son, and He is our Advocate, that He'll be able to go into the Holy of Holies and present the petition, the answer comes how? Through the angels. That's the way the answer goes. Now, in order for the angels to bless God to bring the answer, many, many times the angels have to go out here and, and, and have to duke it out, if you will, with the powers of darkness. Because why? They're trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. God said, I come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. So, so when you pray and say, Lord God, I want to receive healing. And by the stripes that your son bore upon the tree, I am, by those stripes, I'm healed. That's all the healing amounts to, brothers and sisters. That's all that it is. The anointing, as I've explained to you, makes a huge difference in being able to destroy that yoke. But when you pray that prayer like that, outside of the anointing, and you pray that prayer, then what you have now done, you have now activated, and you have now activated the angelic force in your behalf. The prayer goes unto the Lord. The Lord uh, takes it to the Father. The Father says, absolutely, if they have accepted by, by the stripes that you bore upon the tree, they're healed. Now, the angels now, God says, all right, now, I want you to go down, and I want you to deliver the healing. I want you to deliver it. So the angel comes down and delivers unto you the healing. All right? Then the next thing happens is the powers of darkness come in and decide they're going to steal that healing from you, and that's the reason that that I have diligently tried to get you to understand that the powers of darkness cannot read your mind, but definitely knows by how well you are or you're not doing with this thing that's about an inch under your nose. Okay? And if all your prayers are, I'm broken, I need money, guess what's happening in the supernatural realm in the battle? You're losing. See, if the angel or the angels in your life Bless God could come and slap you around every once in a while. It would help. Okay? Because they're out here 24-7 in your behalf, working their hineys off to deliver to you what you have believed that God brought into the throne room by, by Yeshua himself to the Father. Now they're trying to give it to you, and you're trying to say you don't want it, and you are saying you don't want it because you're speaking everything contrary to what they're out here trying to do. They're out here trying to give to you, in this case, health. Well, I thought I was healed, but I mean, I just, you know, I'm just... And then you can't understand why, bless God, you come back, you get, you receive it. The, and, and, and I'm talking different now because I'm going to talk about the anointing that God has put into this prophet. Then you come, the, I break the yoke in the name of Yeshua, and then you go home, and then, then all of a sudden it comes back again. Right here. Right here. Say, I... And my biggest problem. You're your biggest problem. You're holding back the kingdom of God coming into your life so that you can be a blessing that God wants you to be to other people so they in turn they can be a blessing. Because as I keep saying, most people look at the look at the full gospel Pentecostal people and they're so sick, so down and out and so broke, who wants to be you don't have to go to church to be like that. But the fact of it is, it, it, it's poor teaching. It's teaching that, bless God, that has no substance to it, that has caused people to misunderstand and, and not know what's going on. So, the angels are out here fighting the battle, give, bringing you that, that, the answer, okay? And then you're saying, well, I don't think I'm healed. And, and that angel looking at you and said, well, I'd like to slap him. So, what do you mean you don't think you're healed? What did you do about it? Now, see, you've heard me say in the past, you realize that all you have to do is believe. See, you're not asked to go do anything about it. All you're asked to do is believe. If you can believe what all things are possible to you, what happens to you, you quit believing in the things of God. 
And, and, and bless God, then, then the next thing happens, the angels are out here fighting this battle, and bless God, they, you don't know whether you're winning or losing, and they don't know whether you're winning or losing because they can't control, and God never controls your will. If God would control our wills, folks, this would not be even going on here today because we would just absolutely contend unto His Word, unto His law, and through the Holy Son, Yeshua, and it would all be done. But don't know. He says, you've got a will. You exercise it as you want, and I will honor your will. You've got these angels out here working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in your behalf, and all they're asking you to do to believe, you're needing to be healed, and you can't even believe for the healing. They're the ones that's working it all out for you. They're the ones that's battling the powers of darkness in your behalf. And yet we're standing out here giving ourselves all these accolades because, well, you know, I believe God, and look what I've got from God. And you know what? Again, them angels need to come down around, and they don't ever do that. They slap you, slap us all around from time to time. Get us to understand that we don't really have anything to do except the important parts, believe. So when you, when you begin to realize that they're going to work all this out, they're going to fight the battles in the, in the spirit realm, all you've got to do is believe. As long as you believe, you're winning. When you quit believing, you lost. Okay? And, you, and it doesn't make any difference how you want to put that. And so do the angels ever quit working for you? No. Nope, they're going, that's their job. Their job is to fulfill what you are praying for. That's their job. And as long as you're praying for those things, they're going to be, if you will, Johnny on the spot, and they're going to be out there doing this battle. So, 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 so here we are. We're locked up into all this stuff. And, 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 and we can't seem to understand whether we're winning or we're losing and the big problem is, again, it's our mouths. We, we, we keep confessing that we're not winning. And Angel Bible says, oh, they've confessed. And here's what happens when you repent. When you realize that you have sinned through doubt and unbelief. Now, that's, that's uh, Hebrews 14, 20. Uh, not Hebrews, but Romans 14, 23, I think. That, that, that if you sin, you know, if you doubt, it's sin. So you say, oh, I've I sinned because I doubted. So, uh, Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me in the name of your Holy Son, Yeshua, for my doubt and unbelief, and you're forgiven. Okay? Now, we know that there's a penalty for sin. We know there's a penalty. And it's important to understand you will be forgiven, but you're going to pay the penalty. Now, what is the penalty for somebody that, bless God, that needs to be healed, and, the, and, and they shoot their mouth off, or they need finances? It can be anything. And, and all of a sudden, out of their mouth, it just isn't going to work. I thought I was, but I'm not. I thought I was going to have this money, but it didn't come in. What happens then? You now have sinned. You ask for forgiveness, but you're going to have to understand you've got to pay the penalty for the sin. Now, even though when you drive down the road this evening, if a policeman pulls you over and you're running faster than the speed limit, they will give you a ticket. You'll get pulled over and you'll have a ticket written out to you that you'll have to pay a fine. Now, that policeman will drive off, but you still have the ticket to pay, don't you? In other words, the trauma, and sometimes it is traumatizing to have, a, uh, have something like that happen to you, uh, bless God, but, but they, that, that trauma's gone, but you still got the ticket, and you still, even though that's, you still are going to have to pay that. The same thing happens with sin. So, okay, you're sick. The sad thing, and the thing I can't ever seem to get through to people that are dying of cancer or dying of some other disease, is, bless God, that, that they can't they can't go back into doubt and unbelief. I don't care what it is, you can't go back there. The angels are there doing their job. The angels have no, the angels have no right to do anything except to deliver to you what you have believed God for. And they are going to fight for you day and night in the spirit realm for you to have that. All right? Now, so you're paying this penalty and you're, you're dying, you're laying there dying of cancer. Okay? And you accept it. And then all of a sudden you get to feeling bad in your body. And then you say, well, I wasn't healed and then that's it. And then you repent and now where are you at? You could die. The penalty could cause you to die. 
And that's what I want you to understand. Uh, this is not a game. It's not a, the, the, the most serious thing you're ever going to enter into with God is believing Him and His Word to be truth. Because then you are responsible for the truth. You know what the Bible says? Once you hear the truth, you're responsible for the truth. So when you, and, and anytime people get around a, a prophetic ministry like this ministry, I'm always telling them, I said, we're going to do one or two things. We're going to do one thing for you for sure. I'm going to give you enough truth that you're either going to grow up or you're going to, bless God, you're going to, you're going to think that hell come home to visit you. Because why? You're responsible for the truth. You're responsible for it. And when you get to thinking that, bless God, that you, you know, that, that, that all this is just this way and it's that way, that's when you're going to find out it's, it's God's way. So it works in, a, in, a, in an order. So, so when you pray and you believe God for something, don't say uncle. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Why? Because the powers of darkness don't know whether you're winning or losing until you tell them. The angels know that you're winning as long as you keep your mouth shut. Unless you're going to confess positively. Oh, I've, I've, folks, I've watched people miraculously get out of deathbeds because they could get a hold of the concept that I would teach them and tell them, said, no matter what, every day you get up and look in the mirror and say, man, am I looking good today. Thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes I'm healed. And I said, hey, tell, them, tell, tell, tell the Lord how strong you are. Do everything, but don't begin to confess Oh, I'm dying of cancer, you know. Don't begin to confess, Oh, I'm not as quite as well today as I was. I was better yesterday than I am today. The prayer seemed to have worked yesterday, but it didn't today. When you start that kind of confession, you just walked out from under that delivery of, of, of the umbrella of those angels. And now you're back out into the sin world, and you've got to get the sin. Do you realize a lot of people die and end up going to heaven because they don't even know what I just now spoke to you? A lot of people don't understand. As I told you, uh, uh, poverty is a spirit. People can't, under people can't understand how in the world, I just don't understand how I keep going through this. Why I can't just, well, I'll tell you why. Because your mouth keeps telling the powers of darkness they're winning. That's the way this thing operates. It doesn't operate like you think, well, there's nobody around. Honey, they're always around. In this room today, there is both darkness and there's uh, angels of darkness and angels of light. In this room here today, we have bound up the powers of darkness, so they're, they're bound. And this anointing that's in my life will bind them up and they'll stay bound in this service. Now, we need, we need to exercise our faith, don't we? Again, all things are possible to him that believeth. You can pray the prayer. The angels can come back, can come to you then and deliver that which you have, you have prayed and everything be fine. Or you can do this thing by the world that you live in. Now, this goes back to another teaching that I, that I have taught and I believe I've taught you. That what you've got to understand that, that within all this thing that you have to control it and don't let it control you. And if you will do that, you will always be successful. See, it's not a matter. It is not a matter as to whether or not that you're the winner. You became the winner when you received Mashiach. You became the winner. Now, the problem is that because we can't ever understand that there's two sets of rules. There's a set of rules that runs this flesh and this world that you and I are looking at. And then there's another set of rules that aren't that set of rules that operate the supernatural world out here. And we have never been able to get the, to the church, for the most part, to understand that the re and I, very simply this, the reason God gave you five, the five senses, the touch, the feel, the taste, the, all that, was because we had that because he figured not everybody was going to be able to operate in the supernatural world under those, under those rules. Okay, or ever going to find them? So at least we know this. Now, if you if you operate over here, you really don't have to have that over there. Why? Because you've got the angelic force coming and delivering to you and doing the things that needs to happen. And we'll do what? We'll make those things that seem to be as though they're not. And that's absolutely the way that it does work. But this rules the rules over here in this in the supernatural side of this thing demands 
that you follow them demands that you do that. And if you do that, then you will be successful. If you don't do that, your life will probably be just nothing but misery and, and for the rest of your life. You're going to be miserable. That, that's, the reason, that's the reason that I say over and over and over again, if you have an opportunity, if you know that I'm a real prophet of God, you need to take advantage of that. And you need to keep yourself connected to this because I will teach you how to grow up. I will teach you how to come into that place and absolutely adhere under those supernatural laws so you will be successful. You can be successful. Every There's not a thing in anybody's life that's sitting out here today that cannot be turned completely around and have success written all over it. Again, you're your biggest problem. It's not the devil. It's not the next-door neighbor. It's not your wife or your husband. It's you. And when you decide that you're the problem and you decide to give up and to give in to the Lord God, you're going to whip this thing. And that choice only you can make. Okay? Only you can make the choice. Because why? Because you are absolutely the key to it all happening. Now, the powers of darkness know that and the angels of God know that. Most people don't know that. See, people don't, people don't have any concept at all in how all this operates. It doesn't operate, but just bless God, like I said, you pray a prayer and God throws a switch up in heaven and woo, all of a sudden you get what you say you, you prayed for. No, no, you have to have. Now, remember I'm talking about how that people have seen in the past, uh, they watched an, an angel that was stood beside me as I ministered. I've, through the years, I've had a lot of people say, well, that, you know, Brother Deckard, I, when you move, the angel moved. When you stop, the angel come and stood beside you. What's that all about? I'm going to tell you what that's about. The anointing that's in my life is that angel. Come on now, I'm going to take you so deep now, you're going to put on your Holy Ghost hip waders here for a minute. The anointing is the angel. That angel is with me, and when I speak for the legs to grow, the deaf, the dumb, the eyes, all that angel performs the act. And that's the way it works. The anointing, the anointing. It's my angel. It could be your angel, too. Not my angel, it could be your angel, but it could be your angel performing those acts. has everything to do from the foundation of this world, and I know that. But I'm going to tell you something else I know. I also know that there's no reason, there's nobody on the face of this earth that cannot put their angels to work for them. There's nobody. Everybody in this room can learn to use angels. And I'm going to tell you something. As I take you step by step into this thing, and again, I, I, I reproduce the word preparation. We're in the time and the day of preparation to bring you to the time of the terriblest time that's ever going to come to the face of this earth. And the only way you're going to get through it is to be taught by real prophets as to how you can come in contact and get so involved with those angels that it's not going to matter whether you live, you die, you eat, you starve. They're going to be right there telling you what to do, when to do, and how to get it done. And that's what's going to happen. That's what's got to happen. And we can take you to these places. But again, we got to start at what? We got to start at ground zero. We got to start at the first place. The same thing that I keep pounding on everywhere I go in America, everywhere I go in the world. Get the sin out of your life. See, I keep telling you, God is not going to work through your sin. If we, you know, if we had a sign, sign up in every church in America and the world that just said, "Get the sin out, so God can come in and work." Because we don't understand that. What we think is, and, and folks, because we're humans and we deal with the, the, the five senses, we're, we're, we're convinced that if lightning doesn't strike, okay, and nobody sees what I'm doing, I'm getting away with it. No, you're not. The very thought, every idle thought the Bible talks about, you're going to be judged for. So when you begin to look at this and, and the pureness and the holiness in which God is, it's scary. And it is scary. I don't mind telling you, it's scary. You say, well, I can't be. I can't become that. Yes, you have already become that through Him, through Yeshua. No, you couldn't become that. You're, you got, but you can through Him. 
And if you will let that, which is through him, begin to operate in you, the rest of it is a matter of doing what? Now, let me tell you something. These things are not going to happen over overnight. We're not going to pour oil this evening after this, after this meeting and everybody just be sinless. We're not going to do that. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go home. Remember how, remember how I, I, I talked about, I think, the last time? Pick out the one sin that, is, that, that, that you know that's really, and, and get rid of, just start out with one. That's what you've got to do. Don't, don't try to dump them all at the same time. That's not going to work. It never will work. You've got to take it one step at a time. Listen, brothers and sisters, that's the reason why this thing takes a lifetime. Can anybody understand what I just said? That's the reason why it takes a lifetime. Because you get rid of a sin and it's got to stay gone. And when you get rid of it and you bring it back in, you get rid of it, you bring it back in, you're never ever going to see the angels. It's not going to happen. Why? Because it doesn't happen. I gave you scriptural proof that you're going to have to stand before God holy. You're going to have to be holy as He's holy. Because that's the only way that these angels are going to deal. They do not deal in sin. Just as God Himself. There's no sin within God. So once you pick, and what I'm trying to do here today is to get you to begin to realize what we have to do, we have to start one place. We have to work on it. Well, Brother Deckard, how long is that going to take to get rid of that? However long it takes. It's not going to happen in a day or two. It's not probably going to happen in a week or two. You may be six months. You may get it done. You may, it may take a year. It may take six years. It's up to you. How badly do you want to come into this thing with God? It's up to you. It's got nothing to do with a timetable. It's up to you. The timetable which you set by that in which you have decided to give to the Lord God in the way of sin and not take it back again. But what happens? Why did Paul say, uh, lay aside every, every sin that so easily seems to beset us? Let's go on to the deeper things. Let's, go on, let's get off the milk. Let's take the meat of God. You can't get off the milk until you get the sin out of your life. And when you get those sins out, see, as I, I think I mentioned uh, sometime during this series that the problem is once you get the big sins out, once you, you know, when you get saved, you get, oh, man, I'm doing good. You know, if you had thoughts of murder, those aren't there. If you had thoughts of stealing, those are probably gone. And you're thinking, woo, woo, woo. And then you get to finding out there's other sins. Well, the thing that's going on today in this room is, is ultimately the same thing. Once you get rid of those, it's going to get down to the point of the very thoughts that you have. See, when the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh, His place is to do what? Teach us and guide us into all truth. Now, what is He trying to teach us? Get the sin out of your life so you get before God and get your, get your problems taken care of. That's what He's trying to teach. He's, he's the power, the source of God Himself. And He's trying to teach us these things. And what we're doing, we're so busy, and we've been so busy in the full gospel realm of getting filled with the Holy Ghost and go around here speaking. We're going to have Cadillacs and win the lottery. And bless God, everybody's going to be healed. We're not going to have any more troubles after we put so much money in the plate, pray so many prayers, and take a, take a sabbatical about once or twice a year. Everything's going to be fine. And finally, the church is trying to, about to wake up and say, hey, that was a lie. That didn't work. Now what are we going to do? We're going to go back to, to, to square one, and we're going to go back, and we're going to begin to teach you properly. And that's what you're getting here. We're not, we're, see, I'm not standing up here thrilling you about uh, a strike of oil in the, in the middle, uh, you know, in Israel. And I'm not standing up here trying to uh, turn you on with uh, uh, what time I think that Jesus is going to come next year. I'm trying to prepare you for the days that lie ahead where there's going to be millions of professing Christians that are about to die. You can be among them or you can be among us. That is your choice. But the reason this thing is going to grow and get completely out of hand population-wise is because there's enough of you that are out here being called by God's Spirit that don't know which way to go. And once that you grab onto this and you're able to go to your homes and your areas and begin to say, well, I can tell you what's going on. 
I can tell you exactly what you're going to, what, what, what's taking place. Those people are going to begin to at least listen to you because they know that there's got to be more than they've got. And that's where, that's where we're taking now. So, point number one, again, everyone in this room needs to select. Now, see, and everybody in this room, now you say, well, I don't have any sins. Well, then just hold your hand up and I'll give you one <laughs> that you may have overlooked in your life. I can help you out so quick your eyeballs will go jumping up and down, all right? You pick one. You pick the one that seems to be so it seems to be uh, the strongest. Okay? What is it that every time temptation comes it breaks you down? Okay? What is it that really isn't much of a temptation to you? What is it? And it could be anything. It could be money. It could be sex. It could be anything. What is it? Take that one. Not all of them. One. We think when we say, "Lord, you forgive us our sins," everything's just all hunky dory. No, it's not. And we're coming to a time, brothers and sisters, that we're going to have to fulfill the piece of Scripture that nobody has ever wanted to preach about, is when the Lord Yeshua said, uh, when the person had been healed, that woman, He said, now go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. When truth comes at these kind of depths, and you decide that you're, well, I'm not, you know, well, I'd do it for a while, and then it didn't work, this thing will haunt you the rest of the days that you're on the face of this earth. That's a reason you've got to be real, real careful when you decide you want to set under a real prophet of God. You've got to be really be careful because I'm going to teach you to enough depth. Like I said, you'll end up choking on it if you're not careful because we're not here to play games. I'm not here to patronize you. I'm here to cause you to grow up where these angels can come into your life and you'll leave me alone. How's that one? Huh? So we can let some other people bother me, all right? So I'm not changing diapers and sticking pacifiers in your mouth every time we meet here. The bless God that we're going to grow up and we're going to come into this thing and you're going to make a difference in your life and in somebody else's life and then the, the whole thing is going to just do what? It's going to be like dominoes. It's just going to keep happening. It can happen and it will happen. Your source is God. Your source isn't a prophet. Your source isn't an angel. Your source is God. And when you understand that God is your source, you're going to take care of this thing. Until then, it's going to just be a real mess for me, you, and everybody else that's around us. But this group here is going to make it. And I want you to know that. Don't let me down. I've got a lot. Donna and I, Donna could tell you, I've got a lot of faith in you folks that are here. Every one of you is from some, just, I mean, we've got some of you is from the same areas, but you're in contact with different people. You're going to make a difference. Let, let, let's go to First Peter. First Peter, one ten. Now listen as this says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, that he would have prophesied. Unto whom it was revealed that, no, uh, that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Now, what are they talking about? Salvation. The angels have desired to look in to salvation. All right? But now let me tell you something. There is no salvation plan for the angels. They mess up, and they're done. There's no place of repentance for them. Let me, let me, let me take this a little further in, into, uh, into 2 Peter. 2 Peter, the first chapter. 2 Peter... The third verse, according to his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now that virtue is excellence. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How have we escaped that? Through salvation. 
All right? We, we, we have, in other words, mankind has been given what? The salvation plan. Now, in, in 2-4, all right, in, in 2 Peter, uh, uh, the second chapter and the fourth verse, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, and He didn't spare them. Again, they didn't have a salvation plan. They desired to look into it, but cast them down to hell and deliver them in the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the world, the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, the preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the godly. And going on into what he did in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. See, we have, we have an opportunity. As they read here, when the angels mess up, that's it. They don't, there's no repentance. There's no chance to turn around. So we have a better plan than the angels have. And we know they mess up, as we've talked about. Uh, we know that, bless God, that they, we have scriptural proof that they have messed up. Uh, but, but bless God, uh, the plan that we have, and thank God we do. Now, there's 104, the best that I can go through here and, and, and count, appearances of angels that are, that are documented in what we call the Holy Scriptures. So there's 104 appearances of angels, and there may be more. I, I, did, I did what I, I could do there, but at least there's 100, all right? And, and now let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Well, the exciting thing, and you know, as a prophet, I've waited for years to minister this. I waited for years to do the thing on prophets and prophecy. And I used to say to God, what do you give me this stuff? What, what am I supposed to do with it? What am I supposed to do with this? He said, just hang on. You'll use it. Matthew 26, 52. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again the sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with, with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to the Father, and he presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Do you know how many angels that is? Seventy-two thousand angels. Now think about that. Now, see, Yeshua knew something here, obviously, that they didn't know, okay? And he said, look, I could pray right now and 72,000 angels show up. Can you imagine? I know having two angels is something. 72,000 angels show up just by saying, Father, give me 72,000 angels here. Take me out of this, out of this situation. He said, don't you think I can do that? Well, of course we think that he can do that. You see, God, as, as, we, as we presented through the, the, the study that we've been doing, can do anything. And I want God can send angels. And God can do any old thing that he wants to do uh, as he sends them. And in fact, that they are there to be what? Commanded. And that's what I want you to understand. Uh, God can command those angels to do anything. You can also command those angels. You can do that. Uh, Isaiah thirty-seven, thirty-one, and and in this this is uh, quite a statement here. And and this shall be a sign unto thee. Uh, let's see. Go, I got thirty-seven, thirty-one, thirty-seven, thirty-one is what I said. And the remnant that is escaped to the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit. That's not what I want. How did I come up with thirty-seven, thirty-one? Uh, that's where the angel uh, slayed eight hundred, in one night. Now I've got the wrong scripture there. And I'd have to go back and, but anyway, just to scratch through Isaiah 37, 31, let me do the same thing. I'll have to replace that. But anyway, and you remember when he sent the angel out. And in one night, that one angel destroyed 185,000 people. One angel. Now, is that hard to, uh, to, to grasp onto, if you go back and, and, and you begin to study when Israel fought these battles against Assyria and against Babylon and all these things that took place, and that when the prophet said, you go and do this and you do it this way and you do that way, what was going on? The prophet was sending the angel or the angels 
into those battles. They thought they were winning. They, you're not winning anything. See, that's the reason when I prophesied, um, you know, when was that uh, that I prophesied? Um, back in, um, before the first desert storm came, I think it was a year or two before it came, and the vision came, and I began to tell the people we, that, that, that America was going to go into Iraq, they weren't going to win, they were going to leave, would have to go back again. And, and I said, the thing that you need to understand is because God has taken His hand of protection. Now listen to me, what God has done when I said His hand of protection off of America, what God has done has taken His angels away from America. The planes would have never hit those towers nor the, or, the, or, or there in Washington, D.C., or had to be crashed out in, that, out in that field in Pennsylvania if the angels would have been in place. Now listen to me because this is really, really, really important. Those angels are set there because, was set there because of the divine righteousness of our forefathers. And after we sinned and we sinned and we kept sinning and rebelling and we wouldn't listen to these kind of prophets because these kind of prophets weren't going to be listened to because all we are is a pain in the butt to them. All right? And after all those years, and as I said, sometime, sometime in, the, in the early 1940s, God was sending real prophets to the United States and saying, repent. Now, since that time and up into the 90s, which was 50-some years probably, that, bless God, that went on, and then God finally said, there's no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no remedy for this thing. And that's where we had come to. And he said, uh, through that, he said, this, what I'm going to do, he said, I'm going to lift my hand of protection. He, he took the angels away from America for protection. And it's no longer there. And I said that we, America, would get into battles, but we'd never again win a war. We'd think we're winning, but we wouldn't win. And that's exactly what's happened to us. What's that about? The angels aren't there. The angels aren't there. See, those guys get out there thinking, oh, all this strategy we got. No, no. Samuel said, you go and you do it this way and you go and do it that way and you win. The only way America is ever going to, again, ever accomplish anything is to call in a real prophet of God and let a real prophet do what real prophets do do. Can you understand that? Let us come in and let us do what we do. Let us come in and we will tell them. We will pick the place for the battle and we will tell them what to do in order for them to win the battle. What are we going to do? Now listen again. We are going to set the angels in array. We're just simply going to place the angels where they need to be and command them to do so. And it takes place. Now, are you, try, are you trying? Are you learning something? Do you understand how this whole thing is in operation? So when God told me that he lifted his hand, then what's going on? He lifted his hand. When I began to say the, 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 the hurricanes were going to get stronger and they're going to become more often, and the, and the tornadoes and the rains and the, the fires and the flood, what's going on? I'm just setting the angels in place to do those things. I'm, that's all that's go, that is all that's going on. How could I have said three days after my feet leave a place in Africa that it was going to begin to rain and it was going to rain throughout the, that whole rainy season? What happened? I put the angel in place. I, the angels. I simply, the angels. When I leave here, and three days after I leave here, the angels came and they brought the rain. That's the way it works. That's how simple it actually is. Now, how complicated it is is a whole different story. For one sim place of simplicity, the other place is almost complete complication. Because as a prophet of God, called of God, demanded of God. See, nobody, you never know what I've had to go through to do what I do. You don't hear me stand up here and you don't see me sit with you and wah, 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 wah. You don't hear that. And the reason you don't hear that is I know the hell that I've gone through to carry this kind of anointing, to command these angels to do what they do. I know what I've gone through. And it's been hell. But I also know that what you're going through is nothing. If, bless God, that you'll understand how to operate this thing, you can come through this thing and you can be everything that God wants you to be and then something. And that's my goal, is to bring you that way. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So again, you can also get more, all the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. 
You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm.